Let's take another look at Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Last time I spoke about the two divergent paths. The blessed man does not follow what Derek Kidner calls the thinking, behaving, and belonging. The thinking, behaving, and belonging of the rebellious world set against God. Instead, the blessed man, the man who is joyful because he has God above all, makes his life a saturation in God's word. Today, let's talk about how these two paths end, how these two paths differ in the result. Verse 3 says that the blessed man is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield, yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. This is a psalm that almost preaches itself. Preachers are often at pains to try to paint a picture in their mind, of, in the mind of the hearer, to capture the sense of a text or of an exhortation. But here the psalmist gives us the picture himself. We are all accustomed to seeing trees in a particularly hot and dry summer spell begin to have their leaves wither and even fall off before autumn hits. And for those that bear fruit, whether apples or cherries, the dry heat is even worse with the fruits shriveling up, never getting plump, never getting juicy. Imagine the psalmist suggests a tree planted right next to streams, more than one, several streams of water. No matter the outside conditions, such a tree is always plentifully watered. It is full. It is succulent. It's refreshed from the brutal attacks of the summer sun. Its leaves stay green and full, providing cooling shade for the passerby. And when harvest comes, there's an abundant crop of fruit to satisfy the hungry. That, suggests the psalmist, is what the blessed person is like. Where else might we find a well-watered, fertile fruit tree in Scripture? Well, we can go right back to Genesis 2, where we read, And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. Remember back to Genesis 1. After God created man and woman in his image, he blessed them. Here now is a picture of their original blessed state. And at the center of it was a well-watered, fertile orchard where God and human would meet and all mankind's needs would be satisfied. And this isn't the only place. We can turn to the back of the book in Revelation 22 at the culmination of all history when the King of Kings, Jesus, has put down sin and death forever. The Apostle John saw another vision of what things would be like. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. It's a picture of mankind back 
in the presence of our Creator with the blessings of His provisions once again. The blessed person is fully satisfied in God and so has everything he or she truly needs. In fact, the psalmist says, in all he does, he prospers. The blessed person will not necessarily prosper as the world prospers, but instead will flourish in the eyes of God. Then the writer turns his attention to the end of the other path. The wicked are not so, he says. Instead, they are compared to the chaff blown by the wind. This is another potent image, though it's perhaps lost on our modern ears. In ancient times, a farmer might gather all the grain crop on a threshing floor and taking a pitchfork or some such instrument, the farmer would toss it in the air. The wind would blow the lightweight, useless chaff away and the heavier grain would fall back to the threshing floor to be collected for food. The wicked, then, are like the lightweight, unnecessary fluff that is casually blown away and then forgotten. And the result is that when the day of judgment comes, the wicked will fall short. They will hear the, ver the verdict, guilty, and be cast out from the presence of God, an eternal life of blessedness lost. And the richness portrayed in Genesis 2 and Revelation 22 will never be theirs. The Lord knows the way of the righteous, the author says, meaning God recognizes, is intimately familiar with, aware of what his blessed righteous ones are doing. But he does not know the wicked, so they will perish. Again, we see that it, it is a connection with God that brings blessing, both now and forever. Another passage of scripture comes to mind for me when reflecting on this passage. If we turn to John 15, we hear John... We hear Jesus say to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. You see, the blessed life is the one that abides in Jesus. He is the only way to the Father. His words are the words of eternal life. In this peculiar and dark time, will you abide in Jesus? Will you meditate on his word? Will you delight yourself in him as he has revealed himself in his scriptures? God in his providence has given us this strange season. Let us use it well.